Hey guys, welcome to the Ashley Hand Show. I'm your host, Ashley Hanawacker, an online branding and marketing strategist, author, speaker, and influencer. And I'm taking you behind the scenes with some of the most powerful, successful, influential entrepreneurs, CEOs, and leaders on this planet about all things business, marketing, and mindset. My mission is to educate and inspire you through sharing valuable insights, tangible tools, and actionable strategies to help you amplify your business, your life, and your results so you can be the best version of you. Today, I am sitting with none other than the unicorn herself, Jenna Phillips Ballard. Jenna is the founder of Unicorn University, an online membership community where women never spend another day being beige, broke, or behaved. She's also the co-founder of Ascension Leadership Academy alongside her husband, and together they have coached thousands of people into their greatness. Jenna wants everyone to truly fall in love with themselves because she believes self-love will heal this planet. She discovered the power of self-love when she made a full recovery from brain damage after waking up from a coma. Her commitment to making a full recovery depended solely on how she thought of herself, and she realized that her purpose is to empower others to break through their limiting beliefs and create an unforgettable life. So I just know you're going to get so much value out of today's chat. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Holy unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna. Hi. Hi. I am so excited that we're sitting here together right now. And I just feel blessed to call you a friend, Mm. truly. And I mean, you were the catalyst for me. And my personal growth and transformation, which, as you know, has been massive. It's been very profound. And not just me, hundreds and thousands of Mm. other people. So I just want to say on behalf of myself and everyone, like, thank you so much for who you are, Mm. for what you do, for all that you give, for the impact you create. I'm thankful for you. And thank you for coming on the show today. Totally. Thank you for being here in my unicorn castle. And I just want to say that like, my heart is so full. I'm so happy to have you here. It's just been so special to be a part of your life and to witness your transformation and to watch you become such an incredible powerhouse woman, like owning your confidence and having a podcast and making a difference. Like You're, you're crushing it. And I'm just so proud of you. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank you so much. So I'm a branding woman. My mm-hmm. expertise is in branding. Okay. And... I'm really great at capturing a brand's essence, right? Mm-hmm. With you, I have to say, I just want to acknowledge you because you have one of the most powerful brands. Like every, it's just, you can feel it when you walk into the room. You are, I mean, if I was to describe your brand with words, <laughs> uh, well, okay, unicorn comes first. Unicorn sparkles, glitter, magic, love, passion, joy, childlike joy, fun, and just all wrapped in a powerhouse queen boss woman. That's, Thank you. I received it. that. That's and that's my intention to, you know, really not only embody that but give other women the confidence and the permission to also be the full extension of themselves. So it's this this whole brand like me creating Unicorn University and really taking on like the the branding of what it means to be a unicorn um, was something that that came to me after going to Burning Man my first time. 
And uh, I really just found myself wanting to kind of create another world, like create another another piece of me where I could really be super playful and mm. put, you know, pink hair in if I wanted to and just be outrageous and color outside the lines. And so I wanted to create another another like form of expression and, and really like this outlet for myself. And um, I was at Burning Man and I was literally a unicorn all week. And I had so much fun. Were. I felt so free at home. And I, after I got back from Burning Man, I was thinking, what would it be like to have this kind of Burning Man, unicorn, essence, magic, but in the event space? Because if you think about it, I mean, you've been to so many events. Mm-hmm. They're so similar. They're so very much the same. I mean, there's like the speakers and then they do their thing and then they pitch you their thing at the end. And then mm-hmm. it's like, it's a lot of men. Like there's, the events are usually like filled with dudes. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, bro club, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I want to create this amazing space for women to show up to these events and be outrageous and powerful and free. And mm. I want to create something that's never been done before. So that's really kind of the beginning of, of my branding. So I'd love to also take take our listeners back to your beginnings mm-hmm. as well. I know that you were a celebrity trainer. So can you kind of speak into how your whole career evolved into what it is today. So when I was 23, I just moved. I lived in Spain for seven months and I just moved back to the States and I was really realizing that it was important for me to move my body every single day because in Spain, I walked around everywhere. We went dancing like three nights a week. We swam in the ocean every day. So you just, that's just not really available. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it is, but the culture is just different here. So You know, I, I realized that, you know, I, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 17. And and when I lived there, I was taking hardly any insulin at all. So because I was moving so much, the food just very different there. And when I got back to the States, I was taking like double the amount of insulin. So I'm like, oh, I really get to make fitness a part of my life. Mm. So I got into health and fitness and, and really had that become – um, you know, like I, I'd always been really involved in fitness since my, since my diagnosis, but I really wanted to take it to the next level and have it be my career. So I got into spinning and Pilates and I was certified for maybe, maybe a month. And at the time I was in a relationship with a guy who, uh, was very jealous and controlling and didn't want me to do the things that I wanted to do. And so it was a very challenging relationship. And at the time I was 23, I didn't have a lot of money. I was living with him. And so I felt very stuck, like financially stuck. I didn't feel like I was really being myself because mm-hmm. I know that I, I intrinsically, I know that I can do anything. So it was a very interesting place for me. So I kept asking the universe for an exit. I'm like, universe, I need an exit. I need an exit. I need an exit. So I was super, super clear. Like I, I didn't even know what it was going to look like, but I kept asking the universe for an exit. Mm-hmm. So I'd been a certified Pilates instructor for one month. And so my boss who owned the studio, he, his name's Sebastian. He came up to me and he goes, hey, do you want to go on location for four months and train Ben Stiller for a movie? And I'm like, (laughs) actually, that's exactly what I want to do because that's going to give me a perfect exit to leave this relationship that I feel stuck in. Wow. So he was my first private client. And, wow. and I had all these fears, like these fear gremlins come up because like, you're not, you're not certified. I mean, you're, I was certified, but like mm-hmm. by the book, there were other trainers at the studio who were honestly more qualified than I was. But what I realized is it wasn't about my, what I'd accomplished or how much I'd studied or not studied. It was who I was being. And, and he, he specifically gave me this job because he's like, it's your energy. He's like, it's who you are. And mm-hmm. he said, he goes, he's don't, don't worry. He's like, you're going to get him in awesome shape. Just, just trust that you will. And so, and I did, I got him in literally the best shape of his life. And, and so it was amazing. It gave me an exit to leave the relationship. And 
I was making at that time $1,700 a week. That's a lot. I had no rent. I had no bills, nothing. So I just like went shopping. I was on call 24 hours a day, but I literally trained him like maybe three to four times a week for an hour. And then I just walked around New York and Vancouver and just shopped and just really got to connect with myself and, and learn who I was. And that was one of, that was like kind of the beginning of my, my tenure journey as a trainer. To those of you listening, really take that in because that's a powerful lesson. So Jenna had those conversations of like, like you said, where it's like, okay, there's people here that are more qualified than mm-hmm. me, which this happens all the time. Of I course. mean, I've had this conversation over and over again. It's the like, imposter syndrome. Exactly. And yeah. people have more experience than me and I'm too young or I'm too this, too that. And it's so powerful, too, that you had this clear vision. Like, you knew you needed to exit. You knew that you weren't meant for that and you were meant for something more. Right. You didn't know how it was going to look, which I love how you said that because so many people are obsessed with the how. Mm -hmm. So you trusted yourself. You trusted the universe and you kept that intention and it unfolded for you. So that's amazing. So I just... I love that. It was a really beautiful experience for me because I I didn't feel really confident or comfortable in being with just me. So really to be on this job, I had a lot of downtime, I had a lot, a lot of alone time. Mm-hmm. And I really just got to read and, and just journal and be with myself. And the biggest fear that I had going in was, okay, this is I'm 23 years old. This will either make or break my career. I mean, if I get him in, if I don't get him in the best shape of his life, like my career is over, basically. Mm-hmm. So at some point when we were on this job, um, we were having a big dinner with like the entire production crew and he stopped dinner and announced in front of everybody, like gave me a shout out. He's like, Jenny, you've got me in the best shape of my life. And so I was like, okay, this is, it, it's working. So I get to keep trusting myself. And then when I got back from the job, I started working with Jeremy Piven, um, Mark Hoppus from Blink-182. I manifested the entire Marciano family. So the founders of Guest Gene. So like, I mean, I just kept attracting these incredible people but because it was really about me trusting myself and it was really about me believing in my my intention to to serve people and to like work with really powerful people mm-hmm. um i just i just was able to resonate with them in a in a way that you know i didn't treat them like celebrities i treated them like normal humans and was able to relate with them in a way that had them feel comfortable with me mm-hmm. um which by the way is one of your superpowers for those of you listening, Jenna is incredible at connecting with people at a very intimate level. She sees people. And it's really powerful, by the way, the way that you do that. It, it's it's a natural thing for you. At least I I feel like it is. I mean, maybe that's something you worked at, but I feel like it's just one of your God-given gifts. Mm. So thank you. That's huge. And it's it's important. I like that you treated them like they were they at the end of the day, we're all human. Right. So Everybody, you know, I believe that we're all made from the same cloth and Mm. we all have the same fears. We all have the same doubts. We all have the same limitations and we all have the same capacity to break through all of it. Mm -hmm. Another really powerful kind of reinvention for myself, like really leveling up. I I remember there was a time when the the Marcianos completely monopolized my time. Like I was working with basically the entire family and they're amazing clients Mm -hmm. and, and it was just a really incredible job. So they they came to me one day and they're like, well, you know, we're going to go on our on our yacht vacation in Europe for six weeks this summer. And I'm thinking, how am I going to find clients to replace you guys? I wasn't on a retainer. So I'm thinking, how am I going to find clients to replace you guys just for six weeks? I, I that, that doesn't happen in the personal training world. Like you don't, you don't just train people for, for six weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was really stressing about it. I was giving so much energy and mm-hmm. so much fear to this thing that, that, there wasn't any – it was this, you know, false evidence appearing real, which mm-hmm. is an acronym for fear. Yep. Um, and so I kept focusing my energy on I'm going to go – I'm going to be broke. I'm going to run – like all these things, crazy stories. I'm going to run out of money, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I just gotten into Abraham Hicks and I just started listening to, um, you know, like really focusing on law of attraction and understanding law of attraction. Mm -hmm. So I said to my boyfriend at the time, this is, this whole conversation is not serving me. I really get to trust that this is happening for me in a way that, um, you know, for whatever reason, maybe I'm supposed to have downtime. Maybe I'm supposed to finish writing my book. Maybe I'm supposed to work with different people. Like, I don't know, but for whatever reason, this is happening for me. I get to trust that. And as I'm having this conversation, there's a ding on my phone. Like it went straight to voicemail and I listened to the voicemail and it was a guy who took my Pilates classes years ago. And he said, um, I don't know if you're still teaching, you know, Pilates or fitness or what you're still doing, but you're like an incredible Pilates instructor and trainer and I wanted to see if you're able to work with my clients they're coming into town this summer they're going to be renting a house in Beverly Hills and blah 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 so I call him back it wound up being three princesses from Saudi Arabia and, and of course and of the, course they were princesses <laughs> you are what you attract right? and and they were they were going to be in town they wanted to hire me for the exact same six weeks that the Marcianos were out of town like literally to the day and so so it was incredible and I and I remember at the time, I had a little um, – what car was I driving? A little Scion XA. Like, it was a super inexpensive car. So I knew that the kind of people I was attracting into my life, the, the contrast between that that level of vibration and my little dinky Scion XA, I kept noticing the contrast. And I'm like, I think it's time to elevate and get, get a car that's really reflective of who I am. Mm. So I was at my boyfriend's house the morning that I was going to drive to meet the princesses for the first time. And I'm thinking, I'm driving up to Tom Cruise's mansion because they were renting Tom Cruise's mansion in Beverly Hills for the summer. And I'm thinking, I'm going to pull up to this mansion in this freaking little dinky Scion XA. And I'm like, okay, well, it's time to get a new car. So I'm driving and I reach into my purse to make sure that I didn't leave my insulin bag at my boyfriend's house. I reach and I'm not looking at the, at the road. I look up and I'm very into the into the lane next to me there's a car there so I yank on the on the wheel I go all the way over to the towards the wall I pull back because I don't want to hit the wall my car starts spinning Whoa. and my whole like the whole front of my of my car got scraped because it did hit the wall um, but it stopped spinning I'm like checking I go okay I'm, I'm all right I call my boyfriend I'm like hi I just got in an accident and I can't be late for my clients and so he drives up in his Mercedes he's like take my Mercedes Take this to the, you know, you can borrow this. I'll handle your car. Don't worry about it. He's like, I have my Porsche. I'll just drive my Porsche and you can borrow my car until whatever. So I pull up in this Mercedes and I literally manifest it. I mean, here's the thing. If we don't manage our desires, the universe will handle it for us, yep. but sometimes not in a desirable way. True. So a much more desirable way would have been, I'm going to go car shopping and I'm going to go test drive the car that I want to drive. So it all worked out and I wound up, you know, got the car fixed and traded in for a, a much nicer car once it was all fixed and everything. But it's just so interesting how we don't realize the power of our thoughts and we don't think about how powerful thoughts actually are. Yeah. And so for all of you guys listening, I just really want you to check in with yourself and and look at the conversations you're continuously having and ask yourself if those are serving you because we can we can honestly make up whatever story we want. We make up stories all day, every day. So why not make up a story that actually forwards us? Absolutely. We're meaning-making machines. Exactly. Making meanings literally every second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and something you said was so key. You said you knew it happened for you. Yeah. And I hear you using this language a lot, but for those of you listening who have not heard Jenna speak before – I love when you use, that's such powerful language to use. Mm -hmm. And you shifted that because you were in a place, and I can totally relate, by the way, I was just in that place last year mm -hmm. where I also lost a huge client who made up 90% of my revenue. Yeah, yeah. And similar thing started, actually, it's almost identical to what you mm -hmm. said, started going down that path of, oh my God, what if, what if, what if, what if I can't do this? What if I, what if I don't, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah. And then I, same 
exact thing shifted my mindset, said, you know what? This is all perfect. And one thing that I say to myself is, because I love that you say everything's happening for me. I didn't say that to myself. What I said was, I'm, I've always been okay. I'm okay. And I will always be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's something my dad always told me. And that for some reason lands so hard yep. for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And anyways, then right after that, the next morning I get a huge land, a huge client. Of course. So, of course. Yes, it's, yeah, yeah, and so for everyone listening, your thoughts are so powerful. And when you really do create that massive shift yep. in the thought, I mean, the power is extreme. I mean, it's 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 almost unfathomable mm-hmm. until it happens and you're like, whoa. For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if we think about something and we're like grabbing onto it and wishing we had it and wondering why it's not here, we're actually adding to the energy of it not being here. So we actually push it away. Mm. So when we lightly think about things, we think – how lovely it would be to have fill in the blank. Yep. It'll come into our lives a lot faster than yep. like, I wish I had this. It's not here yet. Why ah. is it not here yet? Like, ah, because we just focus on the gap and yep. that's when we actually push it away. So true. Mm-hmm. I love that you just said that. You're focusing on lack. Yep. And so you generate more lack. For you, sure. What you focus on is what you get. For sure. Absolutely. I, I literally just created a video about stop asking so hard. Mm-hmm. Stop begging and asking. You are affirming it's lack in your life. So true. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> So, Jenna, something else that I really would love for you to talk about, and I know you love talking about this, is shadow work. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear sort of what you define as shadow work. Like, what does that mean to you? And also why you love it so much. Kind of, there was a point in my career where I started to feel like it was just collecting a paycheck. I wasn't feeling the passion anymore. I wasn't feeling like, um, I, I started to realize that I was doing it for the money. Like I wasn't doing it for the joy and the passion of it anymore. And mm-hmm. so I really decided to to call in something else. I said, this can't, I can't, this is, I've reached a point in my career where I'm no longer doing it for the joy of it. And I never want to live that way. Yeah. I really only want to be doing things that bring me joy. So I manifest an opportunity to be a part of these emotional intelligence trainings that really had me look within and see see the power of my beingness and it's not about what I do. I really got to look within and also give and receive feedback, like honest, interruptive feedback about the way that I was showing up in the world um, in ways that I had no awareness about at all. Mm -hmm. And um, when I did this work, I mean, I was still a student. I hadn't even graduated. I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is is the work that I actually want to do. I want to work with bigger groups of people, influencers, people who are up to big things. And um, and in those trainings, there's there's an opportunity to really – Look at the source of the limiting beliefs and the fears and the lack of confidence, the you know, the source the of the self-doubt, because we're not born with that stuff. Like we're born with this this infinite knowledge and wisdom that there's more than enough of everything. And just think about it. When you're a two-year-old and you start to understand what no means and you hear no for the first time, it goes against everything you believe in. Yep. So enter temper tantrum, like <laughs> yeah. full-on meltdown, like on the floor crying and wailing because it literally goes against universal law when you hear no. So I realized that you know, a lot of the stuff, like I, I believed, I realized I didn't know this, but I, I discovered that I had this, this belief that I wasn't worthy. And so I was calling in these relationships. Um, I was really wanting to be in love with my lifetime partner. And I, and I kept being these failed relationships after failed relationships. So, um, I really got to look within and look at the source of that. And so because I got to really 
reintroduce my my whole conversation about myself and also look at the source of where where those conversations even began i really became passionate about supporting people at like looking at the source of all of their all of their fears and limiting beliefs so which is super uncomfortable yeah and a lot of people will just want to avoid it and sweep it under the rug and for say sure. i'm fine no yeah. it was fine for sure it was fine and i think that a lot of coaches and you know what i'm doing now full time is i'm either you know doing things with ala for ala or i'm coaching women on Line, like all over the world, which has been just a huge opportunity for me to um, do the deeper work with women that I really, really wanted to do because, again, shadow work is my favorite stuff to focus on because there's nothing, there's nothing more important than shadow work when you're coaching somebody. Because you can talk about the surface stuff. You say you can say like, oh well, what do you think is standing in the way? And like, what do you think? Why don't you think you have the results that you want? And but really, it's like, what happened to you in your life mm-hmm. that had you believe that you're not worthy? What happened to you in your life that had you believe that it happened to you and not for you? And having them give giving them the opportunity to reframe that and and really develop this level of emotional intelligence so that they can start to unpack their life in such a way where it all makes sense. I think that. We as a country, our, our values and our morals and our principles are all very similar, but we are divided because of stuff that we've been taught. Like we're not we're not born with racism, we're not born with hatred, we're not born being sexist. Like these are all things that are taught. And so, you know, I really think what's available is a deep healing. I mean, this is not just for the women that I work with. I believe this is really honestly a deep healing that's available for our country and also for the world. That. If, if people, more people are open to doing this deep work and they're open to looking at the source of their fear and, um, you know, fear of them, quote unquote, and the others, people who are different, um, really bringing it back to a space of just loving, loving each other and mm-hmm. loving humanity, I believe that it's possible. And the challenge is that separation is honestly an illusion, but we think that it's so, it's so definitive and obsolete and, and that's what's keeping us separate is the belief that separation is real. So true. Mm-hmm. And we all are so connected yep. in every way. And that and even I mean, you can look at big ways like what you what you were describing, also in small ways. Like even for me, I remember growing up, I always felt like I didn't belong. So I was separating myself mm-hmm. from those were all my made up sure. beliefs and stories. And it was powerful for me when I went through ALA. And by the way, I talk about ALA a lot. So I don't think, I mean, for those of you listening who haven't heard me talk about it, it's in my book. I mentioned mm-hmm. it in my book as well. It's, uh, I mentioned it briefly when I introduced Jenna in the beginning of the episode. It's a deep, profound, trans- transformational training. And honestly, whenever people ask me what it is, do you get this way where it's kind of like, how do I even put words? It's like, <laughs> like it's the same thing with Burning Man. You can't explain Burning Man. Well, I it's haven't like, been, so. Girl, you, oh, you I get love to go. it. You get to go. I get to go. You definitely get to go. So, yeah, the way that I describe it is that it's we teach emotional intelligence through our experiential trainings. And I don't learn by listening or watching. I learn by doing and being in the process of being an experience. So there are hypothetical situations and scenarios that are set up that like how you show up in in that experience in that very um not logical kind of random you know it wouldn't happen outside in the real world but mm. It's a heightened experience to have all of the stuff come to the surface so that people can really see how you show up in high-stress situations or yep. in confrontational situations or in, in like high, you know, 
stressful, like situations that basically um, would have all of your limiting beliefs and fears come to the surface. Yeah. So it's a really powerful way. It's, it's such a condensed and, and, and isolated experience that, um, that you're able to have this awareness about yourself that otherwise you wouldn't. Totally. And I like, I like to, it's like a muscle. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're creating a new muscle. Yep. And I love to, since we were talking about fitness earlier, mm-hmm. I love to compare it to, uh, working out Yeah, because truly you can read a book about, how to work out. You can read a book about the moves that sure. you need to do. You could go and get a diagnosis about like, these are the places you need to work on. Yep. Where does the work get done? For sure. Experience. You have to go in there and, and roll up your sleeves and do it. And so you're right. Like a lot of these trainings, and I've been to a few myself, is you're sitting and listening and absorbing, which is great. Totally. And if you really want to practice your muscles mm-hmm. and really get into the practice of living that, mm-hmm. living the breakthroughs that you create, that's what that's why I love ALA personally. And I think that's why so many people, even people that are, you know, self-help junkies and have done sure. all the things, they're like, whoa, this Mind is getting is it in my body. Totally. It's, it's somatic because I don't remember all the things that I heard in the trainings, but I remember how I felt. Mm-hmm. I remember the emotions that, that came up for me. I remember the the ahas and the breakthroughs and the awareness because, I mean, we, we use lights, we use music. So there's cathartic experiences where you're releasing and purging and letting go of the stuff that's hiding out in the little crevices of your body that you don't even know are there. Mm-hmm. So it's really powerful. A lot of deep meditations. Um, and you move around and you dance and it's fun and it's confrontational and it's sad and scary and amazing and exhilarating. And it's just there's it's a full range. So it's mm-hmm. a huge <laughs> roller coaster. Yeah. But that's why it's so powerful because, you know, if you, I, I like to say that there are a lot of different ways you can access transformation. In the same way, there are a lot of different ways you can get to Hawaii from San Diego. So let's talk about transformation. You can watch videos. You can listen to podcasts. You can read books. You can. There's so many different ways you can get information into your body. Totally. In the same way, like you can swim to Hawaii. You can take a boat. You can try to walk on water. There's a lot of different ways you can get from you know Hawaii from San Diego. But the fastest way is to get on a plane. Mm-hmm. So I like to say that ALA is the jet plane from where you are to where you want to go. Mm. It's the fastest way to access your dreams. It's the fastest way to break through your limiting beliefs. Powerful. And yeah, it's awesome. So something too that I wanted to ask you, when you, you started to go into this shadow work and yeah. really confronting those dark moments that a lot of people downplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of our nature to, to do that. Survival so, mechanism. Totally. Yeah. A, and a defense mechanism. Sure. So, so can you explain the the importance and why it's it's so beautiful to actually go there and how it's really supported you? Mm. Maybe you can share something personally if you feel comfortable. Doing yeah, that. you know, a lot of I mean, the, my first experience of of shadow work was um, a training that was an experience we did in the trainings we offered ALA, where I really got to relive an experience from my childhood or I made up this story that I'm not worthy. And I believe that the story that I'm not worthy was just a factual thing. Like mm-hmm. I really honestly believe that I just, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of being in in deep, close, intimate relationships. And, and so that was the story that I was telling for a long time. But I realized where that actually came from because of this process. And I really got to dig deep and look at the source. And I completely forgot about this. But um, this experience where my dad was my soccer coach. And I was playing soccer, but kind of not really because I didn't really care about sports, but I was playing 
sports to get my dad's approval. Mm. But because I didn't care about sports, I wasn't that great. So I was never a starting player. I, you know, he didn't really celebrate me as far as, I mean, he'd give me like a high five, whatever. But I, I would witness him the way that he would acknowledge and, you know, celebrate the the star players and the, the high scores and all of that. And I never got that kind of love from him. That was the story that I made up. My dad loved me and was always so proud of me. And I was always comparing myself to the other players. Like I was just had this belief, I'm not enough. I will never be enough for my dad because all he cares about is sports and he mm-hmm. probably wished I was a son. And so I tried to be this tomboy even though I wanted to be girly and wear pink and sing and dance and just be super, super feminine. So I was really embodying this this experience of myself that wasn't natural for me and trying to be somebody that I wasn't to get approval from my dad. So mm-hmm. this day that he's my soccer coach, he pulls me off the field. And he looks down at me and he says, you're not even trying to score. You're not kicking the ball. You're not even you're not even trying to play right now. He's like, I should probably just pull you off the field. And that moment was like a lightning bolt into my soul. And, I, and I'd forgotten about it, but I remembered it like it happened yesterday in that moment during this process that, that, that I was in. Yep. And um, I got to relive that experience and reframe and also – realized my father actually has always been proud of me, but like I got to cry. I got to, you know, make a request. What I always wanted to hear from my dad was. And so there was someone who was standing in as my father. And so he was, you know, he was being guided and coached and all that. It was just so powerful. So I really got to not only reframe that whole context, but then really choose to believe that I was worthy and and own it and know it for the first time ever. So that that was something that had me really fall in love with this work. And for those of you listening, the key, a key thing to take away there too is Jenna, if she had not rolled up her sleeves and done this shadow work mm-hmm. and been in the work and she, she, I mean, this is a moment that may have seemed so trivial, may have seemed so small, maybe have you would have never thought that something like this could have affected you the way it did. That's why this is so powerful is it's not like, because I've heard also the excuse of, well, nothing really traumatic has happened to me. You know, I don't don't have that. I don't have that kind of story. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It's something traumatic. That's all comparison. First of all, you're comparing to other people's. Totally. Yeah. And that was a traumatic experience for you. Mm -hmm. you. And Mm -hmm. so... I really want to encourage those listening, don't discount the power of really allowing yourself to dive deep and uncover things that you may have not even known you're holding mm-hmm, on to. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. So that that is, I, I see, yeah, I totally see the beauty in, in shadow work. It's It brings that and to life. what you're speaking to people who think that I haven't had a traumatic whatever, I just want to say that we all have limitations. But just know that that, that is a, a byproduct of something that you experienced in your life that maybe you forgot about or maybe you've kind of discounted or you feel like it's not that big of a deal. But when we are little, like when we're four, five, six, seven, we don't have the emotional awareness or the tools to understand what's actually happening. So in order for us to make sense about it, we make up the story. And, and yep. it's often a limitation story. So like if our dad forgets to pick us up from school, we're not lovable. We're not important enough. Mm-hmm. My mom forgot to come to – this is another thing that like really, really got me when I was like – I think I was probably like eight or nine. My mom forgot to come to my school play. And I remember I'm, I'm standing on stage and I'm looking out in the audience. Mm-hmm. I see my dad. I scan. I scan. I scan. I don't see my mom. And that was like – it was it was like an ice pick th- like straight through my heart it was i was i was i felt unlovable i felt not important but in that moment it it like had this this belief go into my dna and because i didn't have the tools and 
quite frankly, my mom didn't have the tools to support me in managing that at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I I didn't know how to create a story that was actually going to support me and forward me in my life. Yep. And and that's why I believe emotional intelligence is so important so, for kids. Can you imagine totally. having access to this stuff when we're in high school? I mean, it'd be a game changer. Totally. So it's funny because you're you're sharing your your moments of that mm-hmm. your memories that had you create some stories yeah. around. So for for me, something came up too is I mean, we both know my dad. Yeah, massive promoter. Totally. <laughs> he's very like always just laughing. He's a jokester. He's a clown. Mm-hmm. He's um, exciting, passionate. That's my dad. Yeah, my dad is my hero. Love my mm-hmm. dad. However, one <laughs> the, uh, on the shadow side of a promoter mm-hmm. is they can be a little bit. Well, they don't pay attention to something. They miss the details. details. Yeah, <laughs> details. Totally. So, uh, growing up, I would be talking to my dad, and I would be sharing something with him. And he wouldn't be fully present, which he would do a lot, where he would be, he's just, I don't know, in space somewhere. Right, right. (laughs) Another dimension. (laughs) I don't know where he went, but he's somewhere else. And he didn't hear me. And so I found myself having to repeat myself a lot. And then there was things that he wouldn't hear. And so he wouldn't show up at something because he didn't even remember hearing it. Mm -hmm. So I made up a similar story. I'm not important. I'm I'm not heard. Mm-hmm. I, my voice doesn't matter, mm-hmm. which I did. I, I mean, I became so public speaking, which I do now, mm-hmm. which is crazy yeah. to think. But like, I would shake my whole body. I, I would feel I couldn't swallow. I felt so like my heart was going to just shoot wow. out of my chest. Wow. I mean, I, I remember when I was doing my senior presentation, and I, I couldn't, I didn't <laughs> complete it because I was like, I'm holding the note card, and I'm like, I can't even read the note card. <laughs> in the crowd are covering their mouths like oh my gosh they're feeling your pain they're they're feeling my pain it's really powerful to to touch to real quick is i don't know if you ever get nervous public speaking you public speak a lot i get nervous every single time okay every single time and that's beautiful because by the way listeners jenna is one of the most powerful female public speakers Mm. i've ever experienced so that's really cool to know um again we're all connected sure but everyone's on your team. Mm-hmm. And and so you know how everyone was covering their faces? Right, right. They they were in it with me. For sure. And that's the thought, by the way, that helps me now. Yeah. It's knowing that they're rooting for me. For sure. We're on the same team. Totally. That's powerful. That thought is everything. That's mm-hmm. what I think every time before I talk. Every yep. time. Yep. And so... And I and I, it's so true because even the most experienced public speakers, they still get nervous. Like you've been up there um, so many times, mm-hmm. and you still kind of feel that nervousness. Yep. Does would you say that it's gotten easier and easier? It's gotten less and less, or how would you? I would say that I'm a, like the the sensation is still super intense. Like I'll get like it's like a huge roller coaster kind of like my stomach feels like it's going to jump out of my body. Mm-hmm. But then I remember that this is not about me, and what am I here to actually create? train of my train of thought videos I've been doing for like basically three years every single Wednesday every single Thursday for the past three years I've literally had days where I'm like I don't feel like going live I don't want to go live I don't but the second I hit go live Mm -hmm. everything changes and what is that because I'm because I'm focusing out Mm -hmm. I'm there to serve okay I'm not making it about me Yep. Because if I'm if I am focusing on my own experience, my own psychological, physiological, biological experience, then I'm not making it about the world. As mm-hmm. soon as I hit go live, I'm focusing on them. I'm here to serve them. It's not about me. It's not about the messenger. It's about the message. Mm-hmm. Then I my entire energy shifts and I'm super pumped up and I'm ready to go and I'm excited and I love connecting with people. And and so it's just interesting. Like if I'm 
the fastest way to get me out of a bad mood is for me to go live and go go live on train of thought. So it's just it's just been a really powerful journey for me because it is such a it's such an outlet for me to talk about things that I'm going through. And so last night I was like, last thing I want to do is go live right now. But then I hit live. It was just amazing. It was it was awesome. And so I really felt connected to you know my purpose is something that. It's, it's, I, I wake up every morning and I'm clear about like what I'm here to create and what I'm here to generate, what I'm here to cause. And so, you know, my fulfilling my purpose and living my purpose and standing for humanity is the reason why I'm alive. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm self-focused, then I take away from the magnitude of what I'm here to generate. So again, like everything I do is for others. It's, it's for the world. And, and what I get back is tenfold. I mean, mm. you know, the the difference that I'm able to be a part of and what I witness in others, it just fills my heart. So it's like the getting is in the giving for me. Absolutely. And I love that. I mean, that's two tangible tools for our listeners right mm-hmm. now. Uh, if you ever have to public speak, give a presentation, maybe you're being interviewed on something where you're talking and speaking in a camera in front of a camera mm-hmm. and you get nervous, you could be making it about you. For sure. You're making it about you. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a powerful one, focusing out, focusing out and knowing that you're there to give and you're there to make a difference. And there was actually a quote, and I, I don't even know if I'm going to, I'm probably going to butcher this, but it was like, uh, when you're giving, when you're contributing, you're being selfless. And when you're worried about yourself, you're being selfish. Mm-hmm. And it's so true because in that moment, that's, that's a really great one. So I'm going to start using that more as mm-hmm. well. And then so the second one was the one I said, which was we're all on the same team. Yes. Oneness. Totally. Oneness. So no true. separation. So true, girl. Literally just full looped back to the it's beginning. It's so good. It's so good. And I agree with you. <laughs> Jenna, um, one thing that I really, really love about you is your ability to shift really, really quickly. And you just shared how you're able to do that. Could you share some other tools that really allow you to shift? And also, is shifting really quickly always necessary? Do you allow yourself to ever stay in it? So if I'm if I'm having an experience of, um, you know, I downward spiral or a thought pattern mm. that I don't believe is serving me, I I ask myself how long do I want to be here? And and that's where I learned that from. I learned it from you. <laughs> that's awesome. So I asked myself, how long do I want to be here? Like, do I really, really want to be in this tailspin? And sometimes I just get to vent and I just, I just get to be in my shit and I get to, you know – not have a transformational moment. I mean, I I'll, if I'm venting this to a friend on, you know, via text, I'll put hashtag non-transformational moment. <laughs> like I'll vent and be like, bah! so sometimes we just got to do that. But what I really, really want to invite you all to to like consider is just know that that the thoughts that we that we're allowing, it, the longer we have them, they really become a part of our DNA. And and as I'm pregnant, this has been really powerful for me because I think about. You know, the things that we don't want to ever learn from our parents or the things that we don't – we never want to be like our mom or we never want to be like our dad. Like we don't ever want to be like that. But just know that at the time of conception, the habits and the thought patterns and all of the stuff that that both you know mom and dad are engaging in at that time in their life becomes a part of the DNA of your offspring. Mm. So it really is up to us to reprogram that DNA. And that's why shadow work is so important, so powerful mm-hmm. because – these limiting beliefs and these fears are a part of our DNA. Yeah. And something that I did when I spoke on stage at Angie Lee's event, um, Pays to be Brave, 
I had, I got on stage and I talked about the fact that our limiting beliefs and our fears, like our, our shadow talk, our, um, our ego self, like the, the meanness that we have, like the way that we talk to ourselves, if we talk that way to our friends, we wouldn't have any friends. Mm -hmm. So I had them all write a letter for one full minute about the meanest things that their shadow says to them. So I said, maybe you're comparing yourself to all the other women in this room right now. Maybe you feel like you don't belong here. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough. Maybe you judge yourself. Maybe you compare your social media following to her social media following and you feel like you're not enough. Maybe you're comparing yourself to the way that I'm speaking. You feel like whatever that is, mm -hmm. just do a brain dump of literally like speak from your shadow to you. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're not enough. You're worthless. All these things. Just dump it out. Just get it out so you can sit on paper. And then literally 30 seconds later, I had them flip and write an acknowledgement letter to them from mm -hmm. their higher self. So we think that it's so challenging to change our mindset, but they were given the guidance, they were given the instructions, and they all completed it. Mm -hmm. So I said, now I want you to hold the letters up to each other, and I want you to compare. And I said, raise your hand if the handwriting is different. And about half the room raised their hands. Wow. Yeah. So like the the you know the shadow letter was like really just not pretty handwriting, and then mm -hmm. the other one was like you are amazing and you can do anything and you're awesome. And it's all so pretty. it's all pretty and just <laughs> la, la, la. So it really is quite simple. It's, mm -hmm. it's as difficult as you make it. And we have the ability to change our mind. And so I notice, like if I have, because I, I'm not free of shadow talk. I absolutely have, you know, limiting beliefs and fears. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that's been coming up for me lately is you're not doing enough. Like you should be doing more. Mm. Um, and as I'm having these these limiting belief thoughts or these fears or these judgments mm -hmm. or these whatever, I go, is this is this a belief system that I want my daughter to have? Mm. And I feel like I'm having a girl. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet, but I feel like it's a girl. So I'm like, do I want my daughter to have these thoughts? And the answer is no. So I, f I instantly flip with my hands on my belly and I say, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You're doing so great. Mm. And, I, and I shift into this acknowledgement of myself and also speaking directly to my child because yeah. – I want my child to be self-reliant. I want my child to know that she can do anything. And, and we also get to remember that we all have a child within us, whether we're pregnant or not, and that's our inner child. Mm -hmm. And so how do you speak to yourself? However you speak to yourself is actually how you're speaking to your inner child. So when you say you're stupid, you're ugly, you're not enough, you're basically talking that way to a four-year-old. Mm -hmm. So just think about that because our inner child never leaves us. Our inner child wants to be seen by us and loved by us. And it's our ego, our shadow that says these horrible things to our authentic self, which is our inner child. Mm -hmm. And we get to remember that. We all have the capacity to, to teach our little child something new. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. She's already teaching you so much. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I love it. And for those of you listening, I want to challenge you to do what Jenna said. It's a really powerful practice. Things like this are this is the kind of stuff that you get to do and more, mm -hmm. aka ALA. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but no, seriously, is is get out your journal, get mm -hmm. out a paper, and write down all the shadow, all the icky stuff that you say to yourself, and then flip it over and yeah. write all the beautiful acknowledgments that you get to say to yourself. And that's a really powerful practice. I, I believe in something, there's something really powerful about pen to paper. Totally. Too. Something something about that, that physical action. So um, it's just really putting that energy into it. So those of you listening, take on the challenge. If you do it, screenshot this episode, let us know, tag mm -hmm. us. So we are nearing the end. Mm -hmm. What I really want uh, my listeners to know is because I'm sure as they've been listening to you, they've been falling in love with you. 
And I want to ask the question for them, where can they connect with you? Where can they be with you? Where can they learn more about you? Mm -hmm. Where do you hang out? So I'm the only Jenna Phillips Ballard in the entire universe. So I'm really super easy to find. Um, and so there are lots of Jenna Phillipses. or lots of Jenna yeah. Ballards, but no other Jenna Phillips Ballard. So um, so you guys can find me anywhere on social media. You guys can stalk me on the interweb, but you can Google search me on the Google machine. And um, I also just finished my first book called I Am Her Now, A Mini Guide to Your Inner Abundance. So I'm teaching my my abundance practices and and really just sharing a lot of my life stories and a lot of the things that I've been able to overcome, which is also really the foundation of everything that I teach in my high level coaching program online for women called I Am Her Now. So I'm you you can find me that way. Um, definitely, absolutely get a copy of my book because it's just it's it's st starting off as an ebook but the full length book is, is all going to be released this year as well so amazing yeah. so they can find it on your website yeah you can just go you know go to go to instagram go to facebook um really super easy to find all the things yeah perfect and what's your instagram handle let's drop that real jenna quick. phillips ballard oh that's easy yeah <laughs> okay perfect well Jenna, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. Thank you for having me. I honestly, as we're talking, I'm like, gosh, I have so many more questions, so much more juiciness. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it is when I talk with you always. So there's always so much that you give in every conversation. And so I'm just so thankful to have you in my life. I love you. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you, my love. So happy to be here. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Ashley Hand Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone else who you also think will enjoy it. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on all the future juicy goodness. Also, if you would leave me a rating or review, I so, so appreciate that. It's how I know I'm providing you with value and it inspires me to keep going and giving you guys this awesome free content. Oh, and if you have an Instagram, come hang out with me over there. If you screenshot this episode and tag me at ashley.hand, I see and read all of those and I love sharing your story post to my story as well. Make it a powerful day and I'll see you on the next episode.